It is Thursday, January 14th. This is Mostly Superheroes. I'm your host, Logan. Today, we feature an interview, another segment of Logan's Heroes, with a colleague and friend of mine, filmmaker, all-around funny guy, Jeremy Corey. Start that in just a few minutes. You're really going to enjoy the time that Jeremy and I spent together. We talk about Voltron. We talk about other cartoons and some of the movies and projects Jeremy's worked on. So enjoy that. In the meantime, I want to update you on the show just before the weekend. WandaVision is coming tomorrow on Friday. We will be watching it. and We will have a group watch link available for Disney+. Plus. So keep an eye on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We also have the Infinity Saga special that we dropped yesterday. Actually, no, today. We just dropped it today. What am I talking about? Who knows what day it is? You know, you don't. So go get that. That's going to get you primed and ready for the MCU Phase 4 kicking off with WandaVision. Whole episode around Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. And boy, oh boy, was it fun. That's out now on YouTube, where you get your podcasts. We even put it on our Facebook channel because we are feeling generous today. Enjoy the interview with Jeremy, and we'll see you after the talk. This is Mostly Superheroes. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Most of Superheroes. I'm your host, Logan, with another edition of Logan's Heroes, a segment we kicked off in 2020, which is where I bring you my favorite people, and we talk about them, get to know them, and we also talk about TV and film and what people are watching. Um, some of our recent Logan's Heroes we've had on the show, Ed Herman, Stephen Walden, that's episodes 24, 25, go back and check them out, had a lot of fun with Ed and Stephen, they'll be back on the show. How I found these guys, the reason I even was able to have those interviews was because of our guest today, which I do have an introduction for. This guy's a filmmaker. Played <laughs> loosely. A, loosely. Played a, played a part in the Spielbergs <laughs> on the lot. Creative director, director was on the project Voltron, Defender of the Universe. That might sound familiar mm. to some of you nerds out there. Mm. 80s babies. He's worked on Nicktoons. He's formed deals with THQ, Classic Media, likes of DreamWorks, and he's now the vice president at Cool Fire Studios. I call him a friend. He's an all-around funny guy. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Corey. What up, everybody? Thank you for having me on, Logan. Logan's Heroes, this is awesome. And you describing Steve Walden and Ed Herman. That really sounds like a dude's day out party for me, which is my patented uh, thing. We got to get you on a dude's day out here in 2021. It really sounds like a roll call for my geeky basement here where we watch wrestlemanias and now all the great offerings on netflix ufc fights we just dude it up and like my son diego says when he comes down he's like dad it really smells like dude here so <laughs> you're coming to the basement in 2021 brother looking at your basement right now i see the posters up everywhere yeah 
Yeah. Uh, what's that sweater you're wearing? Is that is that? That's oh, Merry Christmas. thank you. Just like a neighbor who leaves his Christmas lights on too long, I am rocking my Voltron sweater. Available at store.voltron.com and all the sweet merch <laughs> because you can take the boy out of Voltron, but you can't take the Voltron out of the boy. We'll get into all that, but that's St. Louis's own Voltron Defender of the Universe. People don't realize he actually via Japan started here in St. Louis KPLR, and we've got all kinds of cool stuff. To, to geek out on that but yeah better than power rangers you you young power rangers generations you can suck a blazing sword well that's me i've talked about power rangers on this show i was a power rangers yeah. kid yeah but i didn't I am, listen no. i'm excited to hear more about voltron though because you have you're close to this thing i've got to school you on it but first i think like you know johnny depp on the set of blow we got to go in hot baby <laughs> i was promised shots it's friday to break the fourth wall here yeah and, let me uh, i still got a poor nice i still got a poor mind so this guy jeremy jumps okay. on the, our pre-show for and the, this is going to be an exclusive if jeremy's cool with it we'll we'll release our pre-show on our patreon channel oh but yeah we I'm, I'm trying to get this show together jeremy's running around going you got your your beer you got a you got we're gonna do a shot i'm like hell yeah it's friday afternoon absolutely <laughs> man good thinking i love it and uh shout out to uh, dan wacker cool fire who did this nice whistle pig with a little cool fire emblem in them we give out good swag i'll say but here's to you pal the uh, logan's heroes appreciate you you let me know when you're ready for grandpa's cough syrup as we say in this house arriba abajo y centro a la intro and we do it and i'll say, and I'll say ditto <laughs> that's what happens when you have a colombian wife you uh you 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 appropriate <laughs> some uh you appropriate the appropriate appropriations is what i'll say i just my, take all the fun stuff my listeners actually my viewers i should say it's the first time I've done a shot on my show. You just got the classic, uh, no matter what, no matter what shot Logan takes, it's this face. It's the, <laughs> it could be water. Uh, if it comes out of a shot glass, <laughs> I'll still make the face. Oh my God. Remember how much Kool-Aid we drank back in the day? I have kids, nine and 12, beautiful children. And I feel like the diets have changed. We've gotten smarter. The shit we used to drink and eat, the amount of Kool-Aid we would make and pour in the summertime in that gray pitcher that everybody's had. I know Stephen Weld even tweeted about, about that great picture that everyone had. But my God, we drank a lot of Kool-Aid back in the day. The shit that we ate and drank just feels like unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Eskimo pies and just, you know, bomb pops. And it just felt like that's an area we improved. But anyway, we're here to we're here to geek out on uh, all things uh, um, heroes. And, and what do you want to talk about first? Oh, we're we going to talk about we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. And like I always tell like, my my fans, no, we, we have slides, but there it's a it's always a loose agenda on this show. I love talking yes. about my, the sugar of our childhood. I was a Kool-Aid kid. <laughs> I, we drank we could have soda f sometimes. But I remember yeah. at one point we weren't allowed to have the soda surge. Do you remember that soda? Oh, yeah, that was deadly stuff. No doubt about it. Only rivaled by Jolt. In fact, uh, maybe, you know, that was a 90s thing. Jolt Cola was kind of the forbidden thing. You know, the truck stop caffeine type stuff. Uh, but yeah, Jolt Cola was kind of the Red Bull. Oh, you can't handle it. Um, you know, so many things. I was showing my kids the uh, giggles, cookies, and so many little commercials you remember. Kool-Aid coolers make it cooler. I mean, just so many things. It was just such a great experience. Ed loves going back and, and, and old snacks and things that you miss, soft serve ice cream and just popsicles that just felt like they were definitely more loose and uh, unhealthy and, and kind of insane. But that was all <laughs> part of the experience, right? We were talking, kind of leads into to, to the nostalgia and Voltron as far as like, you know, a lot of Reagan era uh, FCC deregulations led to the 80s boom of cartoons and stripped shows you know strip meaning once you play one every day 
and He-Man really ushered that in, right? Before you couldn't do by law shows that were essentially a 30-minute toy commercial. So you had uh, the loosening of those and, you know, great Netflix series and things cover all that Toys Who Made Us. Uh, but that's where Voltron came from in St. Louis was KPLR, Ted Koppler, my former boss, still in touch, still love the guy. He was looking for cheap programming and just, you know, what can I strip? What can I get out? So inspired by shows like Robotech and Speed Racer, Battle of the Planets, a.k.a. G-Force. And this is kind of early anime. And the dollar to yen was at an area where somebody, he could get in there. And so Voltron, Defender of the Universe, which those of a certain age will remember very fondly, was originally supposed to be three different shows. Daltanius, Die Rugger, and, uh, uh, oh, I've already lost it, and Albagas. So the deal is they played uh, uh, the what is known as Vehicle Voltron, uh, uh, Die Rugger, first in a lot of markets and it's a more cerebral show it's definitely a lot more characters and it just did eh, okay it was actually one of the first stereo shows if not the first cartoon stereo show so the legend would be you'd walk into hi-fi faux fum or some of these stores and they would be playing it at 3 30 when it would go on so they spared no expense in translating the show but the the, the real legend of voltron comes from the wrong tape mm. and that was supposed to be a show uh, uh, D'Artanius that had a lion on its chest. So through translation errors on the phone, they sent them a show called Beast King Go Lion, which is the Voltron that we all know and remember and love. And, you know, Ted Koppler, my former boss, and the producers like Peter Keefe, John Teichman, they saw this and they said, this show translates without even knowing you've got Red Lion turning, turning into the arm of Voltron, all of them coming to form a mighty robots. Sentai shows had not really been done. So to 80s babies like me, seeing something like Voltron, that first five episode, I'm not kidding, is my religion. I mean, the space explorers getting the keys, unlocking the different lions. It gives oh me chills God. to talk about. It was such a thrill to see all of this. And Voltron finally formed in, you know, like the fourth episode. So fantastic world, a real amalgam of styles from medieval to high tech. Voltron himself is a representation of just global religions from, mm -hmm. you know, the cross to the Hindu dot. Such a fantastic, Ar Arthur legends are in there too. So it's a really fantastic, it's kind of the original remix show. And this thing blew up, Logan, and they couldn't even keep up with the demand for Voltron toys, Voltron merch. It was a huge accidental hit. So they found themselves having to do season two, find the original animators who had all moved on because this show under Toei, which Toei was just cranking out these robot shows post-World War II. They used all the munition factories to make the tin robot collectibles. And they would just strip these shows out like nobody's business. And this is before a real appreciation, I'd say, for anime came along. So you look back at the show, and for fans who haven't seen it, I really encourage you to go back and watch Beast King Go Lion. Because just like this whistle pig, it is, boy, 50%. I mean, it is, it is loaded. And it's... Sesame Street, directed by Quentin Tarantino. It's insane. All the things like, Sven, what happened to him? Hmm. The show is so heavily edited looking back because they had to take out some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. There's funeral scenes. There's decapitation. It is, it, it is amazing. And I think a lot. the new series that was on Netflix, Legendary Defender, drew a lot from that. So it's kind of that 100-proof Voltron that uh, I encourage you to check out sites like Crunchyroll. But 
Voltron always lived on, Logan, and and that's how I got to be a part of it. It was fantastic. It was, well, it was, it was a dream come true. That's the thing, man. I was going to say, Voltron fans, you are getting your money's worth today. <laughs> uh, this, I mean, this is some deep nerd shit on Voltron, and I'm I'm loving every second of it. So why don't you? Could you? I mean, we, like I said, loose agenda, man. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what was your role on Voltron, and how did that affect your career? Because I know you've worked with toys. And, and like all the way up to recent years. So what? Oh, you know, yeah. where did you start and where's the career gone in that well, area of your world? Sure. Well, I started doing VHS movie trailers. Uh, we wanted to do a Voltron live action movie. So there's footage somewhere of just like we're trying to do force perspective and everything on, on Voltron. So I was still trying to get that movie done in like 1990, right? <laughs> and I first came in contact with World Events Productions in college when I was producing a show for our college dorm room TV called SPC TV down there in Carbondale. And we had a series called Saturday Morning Noon Tunes. It was my cartoons for hungover college kids, right? At right the appropriate time when you're warming up that burrito and you can get zapped by nostalgia to, to wash away all your sins and STDs from the nights before. <laughs> so Saturday Morning Noon Tunes, I reached out to World Events Productions and they sent me three quarter inch tapes of Voltron, Defender of the Universe, another series called Denver, The Last Dinosaur, which has an infectious theme song like Crack, and then Vitor, the Starfire Champion, and Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs, which were kind of their four cartoon shows. So that's when I first came in contact with World Events. And then after graduating from film school, you know, asking around, it was my mother actually who said, you know, why don't you check out St. Louis? And I said, all St. Louis has is Voltron. That's it. And started doing some freelance uh, editor work, assistant editing work at Avatar Studios for Fox Sports Reel, uh, for editor Martin Balk, and, but always knew that Voltron was a thing. So it was actually through an on-camera audition uh, to help out at a trade show. I, I was starting to do local commercials and, 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 you know, just I was always the guy, Logan, who was doing it wrong. That was my cast. It was kind of like Goofus and Gallant. I was definitely Goofus from Highlights Magazine. I was the one sexually harassing at the workplace. I was the goofy customer at the um, <laughs> auto shop. Um, I'm always the guy just screwing things up. Did you ever play a character uh, this, like in an infomercial, like the guy that gets all the Tupperware that falls on him because he just can't do it? <laughs> the white people trying to balance things. I definitely did do some QVC which I'm not proud of. We've all done a little <laughs> porn, right? Uh, and and that was a whole experience in just learning how to sell and someone in your ear yelling, spike, sales and spike, spike, sales and spike. And you'd emphasize whatever you're talking about. So it was, it was called the talking road whiz, which was like a shitty iPhone in that it wasn't an iPhone. It didn't connect. It was like a speak and spell calculator that just happened to have GPS stuff in there. Sorry, Chris. We were trying to offload them. And, you know, you'd talk about like, well, you know, you wouldn't want your loved ones being hurt. Spike. I mean, if you can imagine grandma out in the snow, Spike. I mean, getting <laughs> ripped apart by wolves. You wouldn't want that, right? Spike. So that was a whole other world. But I had auditioned for, uh, I think we were going to NAB. And they needed someone to help present. And I had knew, known they had done Voltron. And a sweet lady, Tiffany Alardi, um, uh, I got to know. And they saw me, said, what else do you do? I said, well, I edit and things at the time. We are doing a lot of short films and things with a lot of folks I still work with, like Corey Clay. We were doing all the stuff, uploading to very early versions of YouTube and filmmaking. There were Fans will remember iFilm.com, AtomFilms.com. It was kind of wave one of content. And I remember in 2005, somebody was like, this YouTube thing, this seems, and I said, oh, that looks like shit. YouTube looks low class. We're going to stick with VidiLife. And we started putting all of our college stuff on VidiLife. And we were doing, uh, and iFilm.com, 
And at one time we had the number one YouTube video. Ironically, it was uh, called Old School Afternoon. It was um, He-Man and Lionel. Probably does not hold up in the Me Too era at all. Uh, very crude, but they were getting stoned and talking shit about Tila and Lady J. And just, I haven't seen it in years. I probably should put that up there. But it was right up against like Lonely Island was like number two. So we started doing kind of early web video stuff. Danger Ranger and, and submitting to film festivals, but it was really the first incubus of that online era uh, uh, Getting used to that. So anyway went in for an audition. They knew I wrote and edited and direct things uh, He had another company called Vale Interactive Technologies. The fun thing about Vale uh, fans will remember a show called Captain Power Back in the day and the unique thing. Do you remember this Logan? Captain I Power? I don't remember Captain Power I remember See, I remember Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Yeah, you're just a little bit of a young one. That's okay I'm gonna bring you up child. Please, I'm gonna lift please. You up. I'm gonna I'm gonna just touch my hand through the zoom. I'm gonna take you I'm gonna I'm gonna instill the classics in you. Well and our Captain listeners Power. our listeners demographic covers a <laughs> wide range So I bet I mean, you're speaking to a chunk of our people right now. I can promise you that Oh, yes. They're, they're, they're listening right now. I want you to touch the headphones and hear me because I am one of you. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Captain Power, what was unique about this, Nolan Bushnell had a technology that uh, actually was he was working with Ted on this veil and kind of screwed him over like Nolan tended to do, it seems, where information would come out of the television. That's right. I said information signals would come out of the television and translate to a one or a zero. Very small amount of data would come out. But it could turn, make toys do things. They had an optical receiver. So the magic of Captain Power was it was a live-action TV show um, written by the guy who went on to do Babylon 5. And forgive me, he's a legend in the business. Um, but it was a show all about you would have these laser fights and air battles, but hold up the toy, and it would respond. And it was essentially very a crude video game. But he held on to that technology and turned it into broadcast verification things, but always had Voltron. So I'd always pick my head into Tiffany's office. Hey, you need a little help approving a T-shirt? Do you need a little help setting something up? And then we got to work in taking a lot of the shows and translated them to DVD because this was a big time of DVDs. Mm -hmm. Really invested in the web store, made that a thing, started helping her approve things and got to go to things like Comic-Con in San Diego and eventually became you know, a creative director there. Then Bob Coppler, Ted's son, comes on board and really got us out of some bad business deals with things like Lionsgate, who for a home video deal, you know, had the first rights to the movies locked up and we couldn't get out of it to do the DVD. So there was a lot of untangling to do. And then we relaunched the website and that's where it really became uh, associated with Voltron fandom, making a lot of the extras for the DVDs. Uh, a company called Media Blasters, Sean and Mary, they did an incredible job translating these DVDs, or I'm sorry, getting them upgraded and just taking, restoring Voltron, using the original 16 millimeter masters, wow. taking some of the audio and baking it so it had to split the audio apart and everything. So it was a real process, but that's some of the masters you see seeing the show now on Crunchyroll. And it's seen all over the world today, you know, from Australia to the Philippines where it's really huge. Um, so that's what leads us to <laughs> on the lot, which I see. Yeah, yeah, no. I, so I got to be friends with. <laughs> what What I was gonna say was, I I mean, first of all, I've never real, I haven't really put it together. You know, after I was looking at your list of your career, I I really did kind of realize you have been um, a part of the way content has changed over the last, you know, 20 years oh, yeah. and how I've it, been you riding know, that lightning. Yeah. And, and like, my gosh, what an evolution. And we'll get into all the uh, content that's out yeah. this year. We're definitely gonna talk about that later on, but talking about early in your career, you had told me about being on a, uh, a show from Steven Spielberg called on the lot. 
This is in the eighties, and this is—I mean—you were doing a skit. It looks like in front of Carrie Fisher. You got <laughs> this. Is actually, two thousand seven. This is two thousand seven. Uh, okay, I look a lot younger. But <laughs> yeah. I was saying how been making zombie movies with VHS titles in the corner. I'm of the generation like Robert Rodriguez, right? Taking the two VCRs and having to edit, push play and record. And we would plug in our Super Nintendo to put Street Fighter II sound effects on it. So it was a real revolution walking into Babbage's and asking them if I can have a card that fits video into the PC. Can I do that? And they laugh me out of the room, sell you a copy of Wing Commander and a kick on the ass on the way out. But it all culminated, yes, through the online attention of the short films. They were getting played on Comedy Central. There were compilations on IFC through a lot of that stuff. So we were we were getting into Film Fest. We got to go to U HBO US Comedy Arts and things with a short I have called Every 30 Seconds, which you can look up on there somewhere. But I got invited to a show. Uh, this was very much of the American Idol early infancies, and it was searching for America's next great filmmaker. And I thought, what the hell? and made a um, intro video all about, hey, we're here in the Midwest and you think we're milking cows and we are, but we're also making movies. And the whole thing was about how we're not all farmers down here. We do have filmmakers and hey, I'm making these comedies and would love to be on the show. First call I got from the casting director was, are you a farmer? And Logan in hindsight, you always say yes, because damn, that's a character, right? For mm -hmm, casting, mm -hmm. the farmer guy. Now, my hometown <laughs> would have called my bluff on it, but ah, my dad wasn't a farm. I probably could have played it out. But that's what you do. You always be auditioning, right? So the story of On the Lot is really a story of uh, hubris, right? And too much confidence. <laughs> and always watch the show the producers have done before that, which in this case is Mark Burnett, a little show called The Apprentice that featured a spinoff character that would later go on to kill democracy. But it was all about filmmakers pitching and doing things in front of the judges. And it was kind of a train wreck, to be honest. Entertainment Weekly named it one of their top 50 bomb shows of all time. I had a blast doing it. I'll say, you know, it, there was a lot of attention and buzz around it at the time. Steven Spielberg and Mark Burnett, how can this go wrong? Well, they usually do, right? When the two, two team-ups, it was a schizophrenic show that didn't quite know what it wanted to be. I had a blast. There were really talented filmmakers who have gone on to do fantastic things. Um, you know, some of the created Orange of the New Black. Um, uh, uh, Zach is a filmmaker working up in Canada. So got to make a lot of friends there, like Jared, who's a commercial director. Uh, but yeah, I got my ass kicked, Logan. I got totally destroyed and, and thrown off that show. Yeah, I did. I watched the clip. Humiliating way. <laughs> you you can watch the clip. It's on YouTube. I think it's it says on the lot. Belt Boys Revenge. Well, I think. But like the big thing. That's my modified clip. That's my, your. That's my. Yeah, that's my remix. That's my diss track. That's what where I actually succeed and they like me. The real <laughs> thing is a little more humiliating. But basically, uh, Corey Clay, who I'm, I'm shooting with next week, was a camera person on the show. And we have this whole amped up, jacked up set talk where we talk in Carney. And so a lot of that was to make him laugh. But I went out. That first challenge was a pitch. And hey, I pitch in my sleep. The original host. Um, oh, gosh. Who was it? Uh, 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 um, Chelsea. Chelsea. Uh, uh, who's the, uh, the, the blonde Chelsea? Chelsea Han Handler. Uh, Chelsea Ch Handler was the original host. She hated the show. He's like, this is stupid. She quickly left. She saw it was a shit show train pulling in the station. But again, I think it wanted to be, it started off with too many characters, including me, and they would soon rectify that. <laughs> so I am of the uh, notoriety of being the first person kicked off the show. During the pitch thing, they said it was a little too enthusiastic. And if you've been listening for five minutes, you can probably uh, get that out of it. But you know, I was going <laughs> off Mark Burnett, who pulled us aside and said, listen, everybody's falling asleep in there. Give me something. 
I need something. You got to do something. Wake him up. And I was like, I got you, Burnett. I got you, you UK chin. And uh, sure enough, went in there, took my belt off, did an impassioned pitch. And uh, I was shocked. I thought for sure if I was a producer, I'd say, look at this maniac. Let's keep this guy in. I wanted to be the puck. Yeah. Of this, uh, of and, this show. and Carrie and, uh, Fisher was one of the judges. God rest her soul. Uh, and they were cool in the room. But I realized, you know, working in the business now, you look back and you say, oh, they went in for some inserts <laughs> mm. where they were highly offended by my pitch. But they were laughing in the room. Brett Ratner, RIP. I'm kidding. He's not dead. But, you know, uh, and then um, um, Gary Marshall was also a judge. So it was disappointing at the time. You can see the footage. I literally everybody was asking me at home. Did you make it? Did you win? What? I couldn't talk about it. Uh -huh. But I literally Logan had 15 minutes of fame after uh, um being on, uh, after American Idol and uh, the show premiered after American Idol. And I got to say this phrase, ninja star to the head on national TV. And um, it was hilarious. Yeah, I got to cue a jib move, uh, but but not the greatest uh, uh, outcome as far as I would have liked to have actually, I don't know, made a film. <laughs> so, but that's okay. It all, it, it all works out. I'm the William Hung of, of uh, On the Lot. Well, speaking about, you know, well, I would say there's a couple big accomplishments there. I mean, anytime you're you're getting on national television, and <laughs> and, be, and and I mean, like you said, R.I.P. Carrie Fisher, like what a legend uh, to even just be able to yes. talk to, much yes. less be on a stage in front of. Um, let's talk about some of the 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 projects you've had. This is one that I <laughs> kept watching over and over, so Put I was like, kids naturally, to bed. Yes, yes, this is one that the parents can really enjoy. Why don't you give us a little yes. bit of setup? I am going to play this one because it's only a minute and a oh, half. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, you know, this is. I don't want to do predictions, but this is a billion dollar IP. Uh, my partner, uh, Bob and I in this one, this was our frustration in the toy business, working with um, toy companies that uh, at the time rhyme with Mattel. Uh, they were working with us on, on these, these series and they were very much all cock, just to be honest. I don't know if this censors us from the, uh, from the, your uh, age group, but no, we're, we're they, an explicit show. We, we, we can, great, yeah, we're great. Good. I'll, I'll do another shot then. They are very much in the toyetic is a phrase you would hear a lot. And so when you'd walk in and start talking to them about character arcs or just, you know, hey, in season one, these are how we're going to grow into the powers. They didn't want anything to do with that. Their idea of a first episode was, how about the first episode? They, uh, they gear up. They uh, find some blue orbs and some gear and, uh, you know, power up. And I get it. I love toys. Here's to you, buddy. There we go. Go, go, Power Rangers. Yeah, this is the first right show doing shots like this. This is great. Right, Cheers. Right, pull it up. Happy it's Friday. Turning you into Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> so they wanted a very much a toyetic show, which we did too. But we would laugh about how, like, the only show they would really love is Cockmasters. Weapons come out of their dicks. The first show to combine penile play with gunplay. So that's what we did. We made a mock commercial from a mock company called Woo Toys. Uh, Mark Luther shot this. Steve Walden, fun fact, in the Logan's Heroes multiverse here, did the toy designs for these. And you can see they're amazing. He gets in there and molds them. And so it's very much based on kind of a Chuck Norris karate commandos kind of, you know, but, but the idea was just insane toy commercial that is all cock. And let me say, this has had a life of its own. I saw that a Facebook page Saturday mornings has illegally 
ripped it and it has over 500,000 views. But we ended up selling this. American dollar currency was exchanged for this really? IP. Oh, I did not know that. Are we allowed studio. to play? Are we allowed to play this? Yeah, no, this is, this is yeah, wherever this is. Um, yeah, no, that's on whatever's left of what was Maker Studios. Okay. So to your point around being around writing the uh, never-ending story uh, dragon through the eras of content, this was very much the MCN world of multi-channel networks like Awesomeness TV. And so Maker Studios, actually uh, bought this uh, and probably got somebody fired uh, for their channel Nacho Punch, which was very much a, um, you know, kind of adult swim weird thing. But um, right. this, this probably still has some legs. I need to go back and back to pitch it to uh, Chris at Titmouse who, who wanted it, but they offered us, you know, money for this. So uh, my goodness. Uh, I don't know if you're going to play it now or if you'll let the links in the. Yeah, the I've, got, I've got it. I've got it locked and loaded. You've got it locked, cocked, and yeah, loaded. Cocked, and locked, left. cocked, and loaded. This is from Big Man Cannon. Um, why don't yes. we just, we're going to play it for you now. This is called Cockmasters 2014. Let's take a listen, take a watch. I apologize in advance. Yep. Bytorn <laughs> will return after these messages. Cockmasters, oh. vehicles, figures, and play sets each sold separately. Scrotars ethnic cleansing again. Sanctions aren't working. You'll never stop the evil forces of Nah. Buzzcock's got your back, boss. Send in the Cockmasters. Only Cockmasters feature man blast technology. <laughs> man blast machine gun. <laughs> Two could play at that game. But Scrotar has evil man blast power. I can't wait to find out whose kids these are. Great job, Cockmasters! Another victorious backyard battle. With Cockmasters, the power is in your hands. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is like the we one of the wildest videos I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, man, and I'll tell you what the just the nation deserves another more cockmasters. So uh, I have to rebrand it as uh, Man Blasters. And fun bit that opening there probably get us in trouble more than anything is uh, Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, doing the uh, Vitor. So we kind of did the did the bit where it seemed like it was taped off a VHS. Uh, but yeah, looking at it now, yeah, shout out to Scott Betts, Jim McMorrin, who helped. Uh, uh, put that together, and then I will not name the um, theme song <laughs> composer <laughs> as uh, his wife is in media, but it's incredible, and uh, it still gets views and comments and people sharing it to this day, particularly on Facebook. So I think the world needs. We have a whole Man Blasters, Cockmasters, Multiverse planned animated content. Mike Hackett, my friend, did the uh, cartoons and things. So it just, you know, it feels like it's so dumb that you know maybe give america what they want but it well, is yeah. the worst, worst it, best idea ever it was i mean just for me it was just like the simple things that made it hilarious like these toy figures have weapons for their junk and they're in this and then you get these yeah. two young like you know 10 year old kids shooting each other with it <laughs> it's just yeah. it's just the, yeah. whole, the whole premise is just well, hilarious that was, there was a lot of focus groups i'm kidding there wasn't <laughs> but there is a whole show bible that exists and so there's this whole other world we have other plans for Woo toys like a, a, a girl's line called Time to Tan that teaches young ladies that uh, they can solve all their problems by tanning. Um, so we're just thinking of what are the worst toy ideas. Again, much like we were talking about snacks, what was the worst junk food shit that uh, that people could uh, uh, consume? 
Yeah. Yeah. It was like, let, you know what? Let's just try it. Um, yes. Well, you had also mentioned that you worked with Nicktoons, I think you said in 2011, yeah. if I got that right. Yeah. And what? that was a Voltron series. So, you know, for years we had been developing different Voltron series, Jason Netter, Kickstart, Entertainment. Um, the Devil's Due comic had come out and really established a bold new look for Voltron. Um, so it was always in the works until Bob Coppler came and really untangled the business side and and pieced together because you have to remember, again, our theme here, uh, the never ending story. We're writing Falcor through the different medias of, of, of the knots and Netflix hadn't really been a powerhouse yet. So we're in that time right between kind of traditional cable and kind of the streamers starting to take over. And it was all about what channel can you get on? Uh, at the time, president of Nicktoons, Keith Dawkins, was a big Voltron fan. It was so easy making these calls. You just call up Sony and you'd be like, Voltron, 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 and just things would happen. So I remember sitting and coming up with the new series should be called Voltron Force. And it was always about balancing new characters. And, you know, Ted wanted to have the classic characters, but we felt like there needed to be representation and kind of, you know, definitely diversify the universe, too, and just reflect modern America. Not unlike, I don't mean to compare to, you know, but like a J.J. Abrams on the new Star Wars. In fact, those characters look a lot like, you know, the new characters, Finn, and even down to the staff and everything. So Todd Garfield was is a writer who really cracked it. He was the one who found that balance and put humor into it. Because the secret in toys, and particularly action toys, and everything, and, and just broadcasting, that they always talked about, the comedy shows the kids watch over and over, whereas the action stuff they only watch once. And this was really in the age, there were all these rules of like, you want to make it stand alone. It can't be stripped. So if they see it out of order, or if it plays overseas out of order, there's all these different things. So Bob really Voltroned together the different companies. And I got to be a part of all this. But THQ with the video game that was on Xbox Live, getting uh, Maddie Collector to do the classic Voltrons, and then Nicktoon on the broadcast side. Um, you know, the mistake we made, I think, is not getting it out on Netflix soon enough so that kids would discover this on Netflix. You got to remember this is the time of, did you watch Mad Men? Have you seen it on Netflix? Now I'm going to watch it on AMC and the ratings are going up. Breaking Bad, what's this show? Now I'm going to watch it on AMC. We could have done that with kids. And I'm talking a range of like six months. But what a great experience, regardless. The show is a little disjointed art-wise. We didn't really have a real strong, like, art director that could take over and make a cohesive look so it looks definitely like the original it's definitely remixed um so there's some things i still cringe at a little bit but there's a lot of humor and heart in that show and the casting and the and, and a lot of talented people worked on it so um, um definitely a blast to be a part of making your own cartoon tv show so i'd come full circle from playing voltron in the backyard to be able to have a little influence into the voltron universe we partnered with a distribution company called classic media they were later bought by dreamworks classic media basically had every little niche they call it slicing there you go uh where you would have like i have the black and white godzilla rights i have the lone ranger whatever lunchbox rights and you'd have all of these little things they had the he-man right filmation interpretation of he-man but not the toy they had to work together. So you see how all these things, all these rights, and DreamWorks came in and swallowed them up. That's why you saw things like Peabody and Sherman. You saw resurrections of, of, of uh, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle and things like that. So that is a lot of the things that they had. Classic media 
felt like a nice place as far as where Voltron could live. Um, and so there would be no Voltron Legendary Defender series without Voltron Force. You know what that makes me think of? Uh, I'm a huge uh, fan of the MCU, the live-action Marvel uh, mm -hmm. universe with Kevin mm -hmm. Feige and now owned by Disney. That makes me think of their situations. Just with all the different properties over the last 20 years, you have these Fox X-Men films, now Disney. You have the Sony Spider-Mans, and it's like, who owns what? How did these folks even end up with these different pieces of I intellectual property, IP, for the, yeah. you know, those industry folks? Uh, I mean, you, yeah. you, it seems like you were just living in that world of like, all right, well, oh, what, can, what, what do we have access to? What can we use? Yeah. And you get to meet some of these OG folks who sat in rooms with cigarettes and pizza and cocktails and created your childhood memories. And sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes, right? But you realize <laughs> like they were just figuring it out as they went along. But there have been so many interpretations. We always had a Voltron live action movie in development. We had truly talented producers attached from Mark Gordon who did Saving Private Ryan in 2012 and then Charles uh, 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 oh, who's the uh, Bat Dark Knight producer uh, Charles Roven uh, attached but never could quite get that over the hump and I still do think it will happen especially as we just keep drilling down on IP and streaming and things um, I think the rights now are, are, are with DreamWorks for certain things I know Bob's uh, uh, I'm always always working on some things so I'm still very much a friend of Voltron keep in touch go to things like VoltCon um, which is a whole fan-produced Voltron convention. So just so thrilling to be able to go to things like New York Comic Con, to your point, really live a kid's dream and get to go into rooms at Mattel where I saw things like, here's the stuff we're developing for the He-Man live-action movie. Um, you know, it's a big, giant walking creature that had a city on top of it and just wild imagination things. But you really see the rights and the licensing and then the business side that comes into it, which is fascinating to see things you know, whether it be Minecraft or Fortnite, where are these new licensing IPs coming from? And it's never been a better time to be a content creator or a content consumer. Uh, the barriers of entries as you're doing on your show, but um, it's just a super exciting time. So yeah, that's our, that's our Falcor journey. Well, and you know, I hope I hope it is because that's the whole bet I'm making right here, right now with this <laughs> podcast. You know, there's it's like the content creation has I don't want to say yeah. I don't want to say gone off the rails, but I I'll tell you right now, for the first time in my life, two things have happened in the, in probably ten years. One, I'm excited about television again, um, just because oh. because the TV yeah. we're getting and the storytelling that's coming out. I mean, I'll say it right now, primarily the MCU stuff and the Star Wars stuff is blowing mm -hmm. me away. But I'll also um, say, second thing is, I never thought I'd feel this. I'm like a little bit nervous. There is so much. I mean, there's going to be a oh, weekly okay. show and yeah. movie coming out of Disney Plus yeah. just for the MCU alone all in 2020, 2021. Yeah. It's a lot of content. Maybe that's the theme. Yeah, no, it's a full-time job if you wanted to sit here and just consume content. But it's really never been a better time. I tell my son, Diego, just you have this magic portal in your hand. If you could go back to the 80s and say, look at this stuff. But, you know, there's definitely a nostalgia for, you know, a blockbuster night or in my case, spotlight video back in the day of like, you know, going there on dollar day and you just had the tapes mm. and just that physical media side. But I, I also think if we had to go back, you'd be like, oh my God, give me my Netflix queue in a, in a hurry. So are anyway. you, are you a big f fan of going to the movie theater? Yes, absolutely. I would do those uh, Marcus theater and certainly support the local St. Louis cinemas and things like the high point, but a hundred percent. And my, my, my move lately, as I turn into an old man is to do the Sunday night. Thing, or even go by myself because my wife can't keep up with my cinephile 
uh, appetite, uh, which happens to women her age. Uh, but you you would go on that Sunday by yourself and just check out the latest movies. They had a Sunday pass. It was brilliant. Um, so yeah, I definitely miss the movies. I'm happy with my home cinema setup here where I've got the projector. I've always been a projector guy. Oh yeah. Um, we've got, we've got our nerdy Look at that. here. Look at that. that stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. We can do the whole basement tour. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like you <laughs> said, like, maybe I, after the break, I can't wait to, I can't wait to get over to that basement, uh, and, and hang out <laughs> we'll um, be here soon. That's so funny. Your, your uh, shot is ready. I've been doing, uh, the solo theater trip. I mean, about eight, eight, nine years, maybe, maybe more. I'm, I'm yeah. starting to lose track of how old yeah, I'm getting. People think we're weird. Like, what? You go to the movies by yourself? Sunday oh. morning, too. Sunday morning, Saturday morning. Yes. No one's in there. 10, yes. 10 o'clock yes. matinee. Give it yes. to me. Yes. Give it to me. I'll watch, you know, whatever. We'll just catch up. Scary stories. Now, if it's something like a new Bond film or, you know, but, 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 you know, you just hear about stuff. My wife won't do horror movies with me and things. So, you know, yeah, it is to your point. Tonight, I'm sitting here going, what do we watch? We got mm-hmm. Midnight Sky with Clooney. I want to see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Like, there's just so much stuff. But anyway, you got to take a break. We'll pay some bills. No, that's fine. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to do What You Watching with Jeremy. We're going to see what he's watching. We'll talk about what I'm watching. We're going to talk about what you're most excited for, Jeremy, in 2021 to watch. Break that open. And then I want to find out mm-hmm. what your uh, your project is that you're wanting to talk about. We'll get a highlight on what Jeremy's working on nowadays. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Welcome back from the break. We are here with Jeremy Corey. Hey, tell me right now. I feel like I always say your name wrong. Is it Corey? No, Corey? I don't even know. I literally don't know how to say it. We like to. Uh, <laughs> you don't even know how to say, say it. Corey. No, I didn't until I got into the business. People are like, how do you say it? We say Corey at home. Um, the uh, Y, the, the A has been taken away from whatever. It can be Curry in a hurry. I, listen, it is all good. It's, the answer is however you want. And I'm looking for rebranding suggestions. If it can be whatever, Conrad, the core, something. Uh, but I've never, I've never realized until I got into media that uh, I guess that is kind of. It's hard. the so spelling. It's, little, it's the spelling. It's that A it that throws really me off. It's the C O R R A Y. Is that A? So I always think it's like, should it be yeah. Core or just Corey? <laughs> Say it how my Colombian wife says it, Corey, and that just that just sounds cool. Just, I named my kid Diego William Corey. Because I was like, man, you can straddle the world. So you could be D. William Corey when you're interviewing with racists. They're like, like you could be it all, man. I said, you know, your name's Diego. Because who do you want on the soccer team? You know, Fred or Diego? Who do you want to go to prom with, Logan? Yeah, right. that's and right. Or Diego. No. So anyway, I'm, only, I'm branding him. You're welcome, Diego. Only if you say Diego like Diego, like you are. Diego. <laughs> yes. My mom used to say, that sounds like a handsome drug lord. Like, well, oh, all right. Thanks, Mom. Rest in peace. <laughs> All right. So, folks, this is a real treat for you. We're going to start bringing in a feature mm. from our main show into this show. Jeremy, I got some music for you. We're going to be doing What You Watching with Jeremy. What You Watching. So, What You Watching. This is when we talk about what we're it. watching week to week. We always want to hear what the fans are watching. They let us know on our website at mostofsuperheroes.com, any of our social channels all over the place. Jeremy, you're our guest today. So... Mm. I'm going to say, you know, not to put you on the spot, I have a movie locked and loaded. If you'd rather just dive into that, but if you have one. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I think I would be remiss and what you watching as far as just we're coming off 2020, great year for content. I have a phrase that I'm trying to make a thing called the couch buster, 
right? Where it's that movie, Stranger Things season three that debuts at midnight on Netflix and you just can't wait to get onto your couch to watch it. Wonder Woman 84 kind of thing, which we can talk about that, mm. but it's the Superman three of Wonder Woman movies. I, I, you know, we have to say coming off 2020, what a great year for content. Some of those things in my, you know, top five, the, the Borat 2 movie, which had me on the floor. It was one of those where you have to pause and walk around the room because it's so funny and you're so awkwardly embarrassed, right? And then certainly we wouldn't be, you know, we'd be remiss if we wouldn't talk about Mandalorian and what mm. a great Friday night family tradition. There's a few things that we can, as a family, really get into, but the universe that they created, Dave Filoni and, 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 and John, just uh, unbelievable and just the worst episode of that is still the best and just the grime of star wars fantastic but my number one content pick of 2020 would have to be damon lindenloff's watchmen which was so i think it was even 2019 but it was so 2020 it wow and, and the and the and and being a fan of the original alan moore work and just loving it and had that being the thing that got me into comic books just for him and there's a great podcast that they have the, the official watchman podcast where he talks about like just wanting to do that a little bit of justice and i think he did he, he wants you to unfold your arms and kind of just watch it that had me from beginning to end and as and steve walden said the same thing it really is a masterpiece if for some reason you haven't seen hbo's watchman you will be floored and freaked out by just how 2020 that show is and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it up on my end. I have seen it. I'm a huge fan. I'm not as a deep cut uh, knowledge base of the source material or anything like that. But I saw the, I love the original movie. Um, we do a, yeah. a big thing about art. We do ratings on this show on a four point scale. And yeah. a big factor that goes into our rating of getting above that 3.0 is rewatchability. Watchmen yeah. the film is one of those movies I find myself watching. Like anytime I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna put Watchmen on. It's just such a great. I'm happy to hear that. I want you to go back if you haven't read the original graphic novel. It's called the really? compilation, because Alan's intention, from what I understand, I'm not speaking for Alan Moore because there's too much beard there, <laughs> but it was what can the comic medium do that film and TV can't, which is why he kind of hates, from what I understand, the the movie and things. So the movie is a great primer, I think the reason people don't like the movie is because it's so much like the book, right? And there were, there were drafts by like Sam Hamm and, and original Batman writers that tried to make it something else. But you have so much more context and subtext, and in some case text, of just you know the whole pirate thing that's in there. And I think there's a director's cut and there's stuff that they add in there, but I really encourage anyone who hasn't read Watchmen, there's a reason it's in the Library of Congress, but that is a perfection of the medium and I feel like the show does it justice and does do things that are hallmarks and transitions and just modernizes it in a way that I think does the source material justice. And Damon Lindelof is a confirmed Voltron fan. So he had our heart. We actually pitched if he would do the Voltron movie, he passed on it, but Voltron was in an episode of Lost. Uh, a character had a flashback to a Voltron toy. There's somewhere a handwritten note from J.J. Abrams in the office there of thank you for sending over the Voltron t-shirts before he was well just to, just to, just just to really go head first into this tangent um mm. I'm mm. We're, I'm rewatching Lost right now for the eighth time mm. uh it is hands down I I told I actually said this out loud the other day um it's a big thing I was like I think this might be my favorite show I I, I, I keep, wow I keep coming back to this show every like two years a year I just find myself wanting to watch it and what's really funny I watched that show 
and I was one of the people that was mad about the ending. I watched it live yeah. on, on ABC, and I was like, oh, man, what the hell, man? Like, they, Endings are tough. But then, Sopranos, second yeah. time, well, don't, yeah, no spoilers there. I'm only on season three of Sopranos right now. Yeah, I, I, I have not, I gotta go back. And, and Lost is one that I gotta go back to. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I was playing a lot of video games or watching wrestling. So that, and yeah, I will say for the wrestling fans out there, be proud. It's okay. Pro wrestling. We watch WrestleMania in the basement. We talk about it on this show. We talk about it. Yeah, good, good. All right. I want to, yeah, no shame here is AEW, which is a new league on TNT Wednesday nights, AEW Dynamite. It is the wrestling you've been missing. It's wrestling fans creating wrestling for wrestling fans. Um, They've got some names you'll recognize, some you won't, but it really is, you know, it's the clean finishes. It's the longer matches. And, you know, as wrestling fans, sometimes your wife walks in or something and you're embarrassed, you know, and you're watching like WWE, which also has, you know, great pay-per-views and things. We have a little thing we call Wrestle Club where we all stream and watch with Ed Herman and his son is an encyclopedia of knowledge on wrestling is actually launching his own uh, wrestling podcast called Wrestlepedia. Breaking oh, news right there. That's a scoop. 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 Uh, yep. So he is a... Uh, 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 it's a fun time, but if you haven't seen AEW, Logan, I encourage you to uh, check that out sometime. Their pay-per-views are particularly strong, and that's one of my goals in 2021 is to attend a live event, pack up the RV with some dudes, and uh, and, and hit a wrestling event. Yeah, no, I wanted to talk about this RV because you were talking about this in the break. <laughs> uh, before we get there, real quick, I'm going to call out my two yeah, co-hosts. let's do it. My two co-hosts, PC Mike and The Giggler. They are, are my resident uh, wrestling knowledge base i don't really watch it i but i love to talk oh. about it i like hearing about it i like seeing what the oh big, yeah and so they fill me in i'm gonna challenge you guys to go check out what's the what's it called again aew dynamite don't aew dynamite about. i'm and sure will, they already know i want to get in the ring with them sometime i want to i'll bring brody as my tag team partner and we can have <laughs> us a steel cage match and uh and really go nuts on some wrestling knowledge i'll speak for them um they'll they're happy to get in this cage match with you guys i'll facilitate the whole thing perfect Perfect. We will be cutting, juicing, and just like Flair and Harley Race, we'll call it in the ring. Um, all right, let's wrap up what you watching. I had a film. You had said that you had also seen it. I want to. Oh, ta- yeah. I want to talk about, about it real briefly, and then I want to get into what's happening this year, as well as some current stuff. But yeah. I, I just saw Tenet for the first time last night. I'm mm. gonna give you my in- instant reaction. Mm. I was, mm. I was lost. Mm. I really am good at i mean this is the whole podcast is about looking at movies right i yeah i just i don't know if i missed something in the first 15 minutes i don't know if it was just <laughs> i don't like, know if i missed something in the first three and a half hours or what the hell was going on <laughs> what was going on and then you know we, me and carrie my fiance we do this thing where if she doesn't understand what's happening at the moment she will we'll pause and she'll ask or vice versa and we stopped yeah. like two hours in and she paused and said you know do you know what's going on and i said this is what i yeah. think You've seen it, right? Yes, saw it at the drive-in. This was my COVID, hey, summer movies are still alive. We can do this. Let's go to the drive-in. Was going to bring the RV to the drive-in. Skyview drive-in in Belleville, Illinois, if you haven't went. It's fantastic. And sorry, uh, Logan, I don't mean to be right that guy. Yeah, who, oh, I saw it at the drive-in. But <laughs> opening day, yes, saw this. Was so excited. Let me say, your confusion was only compounded in seeing it at the drive-in. Where you can't hear anything and now they're driving it comes over the radio and things never mind that christopher nolan's sound mixes are intentionally muddled he's got the bane filter all over this thing and my conclusion much to your you know uh, experience is christopher nolan you are a master thank you for the dark knight trilogy thank you for memento all this stuff that you you've done 
but I, you're only making movies for Christopher Nolan now. And there is something brilliant inside of here. And there is something, the craftsmanship of it. At some point, you just have to stop trying to follow and just experience the scenes. Now we're on these cool futuristic sailboats doing something. What? I don't know. Now we're fighting something. In the, you just have to kind of just let it flow into you. There was something cool in there, but I can't grasp it. We're just, I don't know if we're just too dumb, but at some point I feel like Nolan has lost the audience and just the idea of making a movie for the audience. I don't want to say dumb it down, but dumb it down. That's well, well said. Um, it's I, I like that you said all that because it's a lot of things that I don't really have to say uh, because that oh. that was a lot of the same feeling. I uh, I yeah. think I think that you look at Dark Knight and the trilogy, those yes. are those are great because uh, they he communicates it pr pretty well. I didn't think it was a dumbing down. It was like okay, this is a clear storyline. With Tenet, yes. it almost felt like it almost felt like they found out this 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 cool way of doing filming right this cool uh, new effect of yeah. things moving backward in time well, we can do it on this much more larger scale we can do it yeah. and make a new you know it looks different than it did 10 years ago let's make a whole movie about it that's what it felt like to me and at a very certain at a certain point i did exactly what you said i told carrie i said i think what we need to do right now is understand that the high level story is these guys are trying to stop the end of the world that's the bad guy, and we should just go along for the ride and have fun. We're not going to know the intricate details of this film by, at this point. That's where right, I landed. Right. Was Inception just too simple for you? Huh. And there's Tenet. Exactly. My wife, Natalia, had to get on Wikipedia and during the drive home from the drive-thru, explain it to me. Did it make sense after your roadmap? You know, someone printed you out the map quest? Yes, it did. But you say, there is no way I would have inferred, and forgive my dumbness i would have inferred these things or gotten this visual information or understood what the hell was happening when you have cliff notes for it you can understand it and you can appreciate it a little bit more and respect it but i think this is one and the covid situation didn't help i appreciate them trying to get this into theaters and things like that i just happen to be very excited about consumer choice and i i, I think there will be a certain section of the movies that maybe gets cut off, but that's the whatever giant AMC multiplex that's just cramming things. And I think we'll appreciate things. And absolutely, we're going to be going to movies. Logan, I mean, there's just certain movies, sounds like with the Marvel things, you're going to see Captain Marvel 2 in the theater. How will you not? Of course you will. If you had your choice. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely craving those days again. You know, I'm excited for all that. Um, you yes. know, and well, wrapping up this tenant movie, I I, I want to say this to my fans, to the listeners, to the viewers. I feel like I've let you down because I've said it before on the show. The service that the, I bring, if there's any of this podcast, it's helping people figure this out. I'm telling you right now, uh, I'm not the guy to help you with tenant. Uh, I can tell you this. No one is. I'll tell you this. Things move backwards. There is time travel. I think that there was a big uh, letdown with the big ending where. Basically, Robert Pattinson and the guy, I, 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 uh, I don't know his name. John David Washington. John David Washington, right there. They, they say actually out loud, like the big reveal. I don't know. I, spoiler alert for the movie. But I told Carrie, I said, this is where I think it's going. It's going to be like Robert Pattinson always knew this guy, and it's a time uh, travel yeah, thing. That's right. And guess what? I was right. But it wasn't – we didn't get to see that on screen. It was a conversation the two guys had, and then the movie ends. Look, order some Taco Bell, get really baked, and just style over substance, and just don't go in saying, I'm going to know what's going on in this movie. It's like, 
the old animation, Fantastic Planet, like, you know, and maybe we're being too, maybe we're spoiled, right? By, by tight scripts and writing and things. There is an appreciation of it. I wouldn't say don't watch it even, especially if you're a cinema fan and you're not tracking on Nolan. I don't know what to say. Like, like of course it's worth watching, but there are, you know, it's just, it's definitely more soak it in, experience the craftsmanship of it over the through line of it because good luck. Well, what we do on this show is a rating. Again, four-point scale. I'm going to ask you to rate it. I'm going to go I'm going to go first, and here's the thing. I'm going to do exactly what Jeremy said. I'm going to be watching this thing again because I think I just need to watch it one more time, even though I'm, like, dreading it. I really don't even know if I, – I might not. But I'm going to give it a fresh rating now. Maybe we'll do another rating in the future. Mm-hmm. Us- using our four-point scale, again, for me and uh, how we've set the stage here, really getting above that 3.0 is all about rewatchability. I'm going to rewatch mm-hmm. it out of necessity. You know, it's not right. going to be like, oh, I need it's to like watch homework. This. It's like homework. Exactly. I'm going to do it for the show. It, it is. So I'm going to give it a real, homework. a real rating, not based on that, okay. that premise, a real right. rating on 4.0 scale. I'm going to give it, it looked really cool. It was a lot of fun, but I really didn't understand half the story that was happening or the actors that were talking. Right. I like literally right. couldn't understand their voices half the time. Let's give it a 2.4. That I was going to say 2.5, just for, you have to respect the craftsmanship yes. of it. Yes. But um, just the rewatchability, not the first one I'd go to, but definitely something just for seeing cinema and cinematography and just practical effects, which he does a lot of. And performances are solid, um, but definitely, you know, good luck uh, interpreting that. Well, good transition. Um, first of all, I want to say thanks for not just giving us your watch you watching, but like you kind of gave us a highlight reel of what you watched in the in 2020, <laughs> which is going to be something we sure. all look back on and like what like we all watched a lot this year. What like what was the best stuff? You gave us a good rundown. You mentioned Wonder Woman. I saw the face you made. I'm right there with you. I just broke yeah. I just broke that open with another. I was a guest on a podcast called the Jock and Nerd Podcast. We talked about the movie for an hour and a half, and. We are right there with you. That fa- it was just like, wow, you know here. Yeah, man. It, I hate to say it, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot is certainly you know has charisma and things, but um, wanted to like you know the first hour is very kitschy, but it soon divulged and it makes you appreciate the humor that a James Gunn can do for Guardians of the Galaxy, but it really turned into. You know, I don't want to say Richard Donner because the producers took away a lot of the stuff, but but it turned into the Superman three. It got wacky and very pretentious and full of itself towards the end. And God bless Pedro Pascal. What a year he's having. Mm-hmm. But by the end, it was just off the rail. Um, let me ask you this to kind of get a base for for like DC stuff. You watch like the DC stuff? <laughs> Have you followed along? Man, are, you a, are you a fan? Like, are you a fan? Again. I should say. No, I would say that's another one of Zack Snyder's style over substance. He's made his career taking Frank Miller frames and putting them to cinema. I love 300 because I love the Frank Miller comic. I love all this stuff. I think his Dawn of the Dead with James Gunn was visceral and fantastic. I'm looking forward to his Army of the Dead. But there are things where I feel like that you realize we're a Christopher Nolan who can ground some of this. And what they've done is such a good job in the Marvel Universe is grounding these things. If you would have told a 1980s geek that we'd be watching an Ant-Man movie. I mean, these things were IP that would were in the attic of these things. And so what, what an accomplishment, excuse me, to do this stuff. 
Um, I don't think DC has caught up, but I hear the television stuff is great. Well, I tell you this: it looks like they're making a big uh, swing for like trying to make it happen. Warner Brothers is going all in mm-hmm. on the DC properties. You know, the remake, remaking Justice League, blah 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 blah. Here's the thing: I was born and raised a DC guy. My listeners know this. I, I was converted to a D- um, MCU fan because of all the reasons you just said. Sure. I I, I tip my cap to uh, J- Kevin Feige and John Favreau. We're so lucky to have John Favreau in our lives. Like this guy is making yep. some of the best stuff we've ever seen. I think that Wonder Woman. First of all, it got me worried about where the direction is going. Uh, you got Walter. It's hard you got Wal- to hit that tone. Well, I'll tell you what the problem is. This is this is where I always land on it. And this is after watching Wonder Woman, I had like this first reaction of I kind of liked it Christmas morning because it was like Christmas morning. I re- yeah, sure. I re I rewatched stuff. it. I got like legit angry because I I really felt like Warner Brothers had done it again. They probably had taken something that was a really good finite story of like here's Wonder Woman here's the here's the original content here's the here's the mm-hmm. here's the comic from this story and then what did they do they did the same thing they've done with every DC movie they had they had the right actor they had the right look and feel and then they were like well we could make it a little bit better for this group or we could make it a little bit better for this group they tried to please everybody and every time they do that i feel like they please almost nobody at least not the oh, fans yeah the word overreaching comes to mind and Jeff Johns is super talented and, and the things he did on green lantern and things, but just, it makes you appreciate too the origin story of, you know, the first one. And it's hard, right. When you're dealing and you probably get into this on the podcast, when you're dealing with people who are essentially invincible and how do you reveal that? And they're discovering their powers. It's the matrix two and three syndrome, right? Where you have matrix one, it's like a perfect arc and he, it's so hard to go back. Now, what do you do when Keanu Reeves is essentially Superman, you know? So I think the TV universe, it sounds like Green Arrow is fantastic, Flash, all that stuff. That seems to to be able to save that. But um, yeah, to, to, to talk, bring it back to an earlier point, you know, I would love to see a, you know, giant Japanese robot Avengers type thing where like Voltron is on with Robotech. We did a crossover comic back in the day, but like bring the Battle of the Planets, meet up with, the Voltron for like, how can we put all of this stuff together and be stronger if one of these IPs and um, George Stone at the Toonami, who, who did a lot of collectible toys from us, had Shogun Warriors, and that was his kind of um, um, battle for that. But I think, you know, maybe that could be something, a way to bring these folks in, maybe like how Kong and Godzilla, but what a great time. I mean, even the most whatever uh, benched IP is getting its own movie. <laughs> That's well, why I feel like, for God's sake, there will be a Voltron something. I think that what it comes down to is uh, it's it's having the right person in place to and the right team. Yeah, you know it, you got to have it the is. right you got to have the right people on these projects, and you got to have the people closest yep. to it toward the top. Because uh, oh, yeah. you know you you look at what Feige and Dave Filoni and all these uh, directors are doing with Star Wars and The Mandalorian. They start at a place of what yep. is a Star Wars fan. What would they think about Boba yeah. Fett? Like, Boba Fett would never do this, this, or this. Boba Fett would do this, it's this, amazing. or this. And we know that as fans. Yeah. So don't they show us something else, you know? Yeah. The lone wolf and cub of it all. And Diego and I, my son, were re-watching the JJ flicks, I'll call them. Just watched Last Jedi last night, which there's a lot of hate towards Last Jedi. I remember really liking it. No, just really enjoying it in the theater. Yes, watching it back, a little, a little wobbly. But overall, it's just it's just I think there's also expectations when it comes to the Star Wars universe that you can't meet. So like everyone else, I was just pleased at the Mandalorian giving us the grimy bounty hunter world. We all wanted since seeing Empire Strikes Back where, you know, no disintegrations. You wanted to see just like, let's follow that 
universe for a while. And then it's become so much bigger, right? And, and the integration in the Clone Wars, my son keeps me posted on all that other stuff. So there you go. We are getting deep on Logan's Heroes. We suddenly did an episode of uh, Mostly Superheroes. That's the thing. I mean, that's what we're here to do. Um, <laughs> all right. So I, I do want to take one more quick break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up with some final thoughts, some things that you're working on. And I think we're getting a tour, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Stay tuned for the basement tour. We're getting the basement tour. All right. We'll be right. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same as, Jay, as Terminator. Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear. We had boobies. And ask you for money. Just give us the money. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. You've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh. Jock and Nerd! Welcome back from the break. We're here with Jeremy Corey, Cool Fire Studios, yo yo yo, yo, yo filmmaker, uh, all things nerd, watcher of all the yeah. same stuff we watch. This has been yeah. so much fun, man. Thank you for coming on. Really, yeah. And the audience didn't get to see you do that third shot, right? I don't know if Carrie's going to be cool with that. Are we yeah. good? Are yeah. legal? Second break. We did another shot. <laughs> We're just keeping it real, folks. We are just keeping it real. It's Friday, and God damn it, a drink sounded great. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you pushed on that because it's like I don't. I feel like I really I don't do. drink as much nowadays. Like, not that I was ever a heavy drinker, but like pandemic days, I feel like I've really got like, oh, I don't really drink that much. And then you're like, let's do a shot. I'm thinking, yeah, let's do Ooh, some shots. Doesn't sound bad. Remember Screw shots? Dry January. I don't want to hear about it. Remember We're going to the bar? Remember going to the oh. bar, doing a round? Oh. Dude, that's the best drink. And I'm trying to, as you get older, you can't Wolverine yourself back from a hangover like you used to. You will see once you pass 40. So I'm trying to just kind of drink a little more strategically, like a little less, enjoy the buzz, because it will wreck your ass. I mean, you will be like doomsday punched on that Sunday, and you can't recover as fast. So um, finally learning how to drink. You know where I miss having some drinks is over at, at Cool Fire Studios, at your guys' bar. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I've switched to my Cool Fire sweatshirt. Look at uh, that. Representing the brand. Yeah, no, it's nice. It's from the normal brand. It's real soft. Feels good. I sleep in this. My wife's like, you are now like a old man who sleeps. It's, I don't know if this is uh, Hilaria Baldwin level of appropriation, but that's how she talks. And uh, she's, she's really concerned. I sleep in sweatpants now and just kind of, I don't know, like cozy. You went from underwear sleeping to, to now sweatpants. Where are you at, Logan? The fans want to know. Are you an underwear sleeper? Are you a pajama guy? What's up? I like that question. Uh, I'm an underwear sleeper. Yeah, some, Woo, sometimes when I'm, you're so, young. Sometimes I'm not. Running hot. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes it's just, you know, I'm, sometimes I'm Winnie the Pooh in it. Sometimes I'm all the way nude, you know? Well, let me, well hey, now, I could never do that for, for many reasons. But, uh, uh, yeah, now socks on, I'm cool with, and just kind of snuggling up. Yeah. Kind of turn into a basic bitch. I got um, uh, uh, incense, like, you know, I'll put the, the 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 sleeping incense i do a little melatonin gummy sleep and nighttime routines have definitely become more ritualistic and um 
you know, just just a, a little more prepared with. But but anyway, we've got lots of tours and tips on that. Yeah, no, that's I I totally agree. I am because I never really was a sweatpants in the bed type of person. I always would. Mm -hmm. I would you know I'd like oh strip down, but now it's like okay, it's. You know, it's it's eight nine o'clock. You were more You're... sweatpants in the streets, underwear in the sheets. Well, now I'm sweatpants everywhere. I mean, I've bought yeah. I've, oh, Carrie has bought me three <laughs> pairs of nice sweat. I, I call them nice sweatpants. They're like sweatpants yeah. that are like pants that like I'm like yeah. I could wear yeah. this to like cool fire. I we, do. You know, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think maybe perhaps at the end of this quarantine, sweatpants in business meetings will be more acceptable. If not. I'm going to give it a try. Jeremy, this is what I want to do because I have listeners okay. all around the world, not to brag. I have a lot of yep. I, I have a lot of listeners Go in ahead. Canada, Australia, Listener Ireland. Flex. Who they yep. don't they don't know who Cool Fire Studios is. Why don't you just tell us mm. a little bit about Cool Fire and then maybe that'd be a good segue yeah. to tell us about like maybe something you're working on this year that people can look forward to. Sure, sure. Well, Cool Fire Studios has been making content since 2003. Founder Jeff Keen, uh, you know, start off mainly in post-production, then around 2005, I think, DJ, as you, we know him as, David Johnson came and really made a relationship with agencies. And then about 2008, a gentleman, Steve Lubert, uh, Tim Breitbach came and they really made it for television. So it's all about great content creators making great things, anything that moves wherever it is. So starting off doing things like the Post-Dispatch uh, football show for the, the the Rams or the Cardinals show and then turned into um, great commercials that you would see, whether from the St. Louis Zoo to national commercials for, my goodness, huge brands. Um, and then I came on board in 2000, gosh, what was it now, 13 to really head up the digital front. Now, we are all digital now, but where we quickly discovered a niche to play in was brands' own social channels. You know, we did a series called Bearville Alive for Build-A-Bear. It was kind of one of the first series out of the gates. And I called up, you know, uh, uh, my puppeteer roommate from college, and we brought these bears to life and, and really juiced their YouTube and really found that, hey, here's a distribution. The brand itself can be the channel. So we're having a blast. We're working uh, on things like Brown and Crouppen, which is a law firm here in St. Louis, and we're really upending the legal marketing. And when you meet, you know, a, a genius, and I use that term fully, uh, like Ed Herman, you you realize this man is like my God. Paul Giamatti meets Larry David, and he really has a point of view. And so we started a show, Ed Versus, and Ed Versus is Ed's true take on everything in life, and he more than anyone. I've ever met has probably next to Steve Walden, who you've had on the show has, has given me life hacks and suggestions and things to live your best life. And usually that it is in a very lazy way, which is amazing, but he's such a smart dude. He's an excellent lawyer, great friend, but he just uh, is a, is, is a content machine and, and a born producer and, and, and very smart. So we think there's a lot of opportunity in the legal field. We're getting ready to work with another law firm, DeMeo out of North Carolina so there's something about applying our entertainment and content engagement lessons. I work with folks like Julie Bonk, who's super talented in then getting the content seen, managing paid campaigns. And we're just blowing up YouTube channels for brands and Facebook channels. We do a show called Three Lawyers Eating Sandwiches for Terry Crouppen. And, and, and it's the lawyers just sitting around, kibitzing and being hilarious and it's really struck a chord with restaurants and the places we go to get a jump of 30% in business sometimes. And particularly now when restaurants are struggling 
we're coming back with a, a lot of new episodes of three lawyers eating sandwiches, which sounds like a, you know, joke. And, and it is a lot of fun, but when you watch it, you really see that these folks are connected to the community. Perry Krupa and his son, Andy, they really are care. They know we just did O'Connell's pub. Yeah. I so saw, I saw that one. You know what I liked yes. about, you know what I liked about that was like yeah. you were saying, the restaurants have been hit so hard this year. My yeah. God, you look at the stuff that's happening in California. It's like a dictatorship. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain what they're doing with the restaurants yeah. there. But like, but what you know, what I loved about the three lawyers uh, eating sandwiches version of O'Connell's was that it's right now. It's real time of like, okay, it's curbside. It's it's pickup. He's picking up. It's pickup. It's six. It's there, it's there social. It it's social distancing. It's wearing a mask and and he's giving his order. I love the whole experience because it felt so relatable. And I think it that's is. what I love about the work you guys do is what you're doing is you're creating content around real world services for a big group <laughs> of people that really don't like you ask me personally. I don't know a lot about lawyers. I like I haven't really right. needed that in my life so far. When the time comes, like I, I probably already know who I'm calling. You got a guy. I got, got a guy. guy. And it's because like these these videos really come like down to home, man. And that that's just well, and that's just BCTV. You guys, the the, the uh, build a bear stuff. You guys have done so much cool stuff. <laughs> We're having a lot of fun. There's shows I'm excited about. We're doing a science of blues hockey with Barnes Jewish Hospital. My client, Dale, he's a friend too. I tend to kind of really blur the friend client thing, but that's okay. That's how I know how to bring business is just work with friends. And then if there's an opportunity where I can help somehow, great. But um, that's what, you know, we were talking about dudes day out earlier is all about where it's my, and it's, it's my quarterly gathering of just all the cool people I know and much like yourself and Stephen Walden and Ed, how can we connect these things where it becomes kind of, I guess you could call it light networking, but we'll go do things like play laser tag, then go to a casino to watch the Conor McGregor fight of dudes just being dudes and looking into it and seeing how the response is. And we'll have, you know, 30 folks on, on some of these outings, realizing that a lot of men as they approach middle age, okay, I know you're long, younger, Logan, but like they're kind of lonely. You know, and you realize like how friendship is important. It's so hard once you have family and kids and the obligation of work. It's hard to keep those connections with your fellow dudes. So Dudes Day Out has become this movement. It's become so much bigger. So you will see in my basement and things for, for things like Dudes Day Out, a real cross section of folks that are, yes, in, in marketing and industry, but it's been fantastic. So it really, I'm just naturally a connector and want to see people you know, friends working with friends. Um, so it's been a blast. So we have big plans for, for dudes day out, uh, including we're getting a little mobile this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a great transition. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, uh, just my experience with cool fire studio has been nothing but amazing. St. Louis company makes me proud. It's like you said, like, well, yeah. I, I, this is what I love about this podcast is that people around the world are getting a real true sense of what's happening here in St. Louis. Cause I feel like yeah, well, people don't just living up to the great content creators you know, the folks like Patrick and Kevin and Roxanne Kearns and Brent Johnson, who these people are just bringing their A game every time. And there's kind of a new generation that's that's coming on with folks like Macy and, and, and Kristen and, uh, you know, somebody like Josh McNew, who's just doing amazing national quality work. So we always push each other. We always, um, you know, just want it's all about the work. It's all about the project. And that's the real magic of Cool Fire is the people and following in the footsteps of kind of a methodology and, and Jeff Keen of just like, yeah, we're going to figure this out. And, and they were the first to do series like um, they brought 
uh, uh, fast and loud and packaged it and, and, and got it, you know, on Discovery Channel, co-creation with, with Pilgrim Studios. Um, Welcome to Sweetie Pies, just discovering characters. So they've never taken no for an answer and just really surprised and kind of shocked at what can be done out of St. Louis. Um, so, so that's been awesome. And it, it is about, you know, pushing the boundaries. And, you know, we just learned today that our show Murder Unboxed, uh, which was for Quibi, RIP, uh, will actually be on the Roku channel now. So again, it goes back to that um, content creation. Uh, I'm going to give you, I'm giving content. a round of applause, man, because, you know, <laughs> me and you being friends, like I knew about that and like Quibi, like, you know, it was, yeah. a, it was this thing that was oh, going to yeah. happen. RIP. You guys had done this, sh this show and yeah. so the show's going to happen. No, well, yeah, I mean, it, it already, it's, it's a fantastic show. AJ Meadows, Josh Phelps, uh, I mean, Katie Keppel, all the folks who worked on that and really made this scrappy, but, but, but beautiful series. And I love it because I was the one who pitched the title and then Steve took it to another level. Uh, but it was all born off of how do we tell true crime stories in a different way? And I was pitching the hospital at the time, an idea around life unboxed where you would have, you know, a patient telling stories through items in their box, but um, they took it to another level and uh, the show is fantastic. So it, it really got a lot of great reviews on Quibi. And I think that's going to translate to Roku. And I think there's uh, there's more in that box that we've got yet to uncover. Cool. Is that something people can look forward to seeing sometime or is that still yeah, the works? Yeah, the Roku. I don't know when the exact relaunch is, but again, what a great time to be in content development and content consumption. Um, you know, just back in the day, right, you only had so many channels and it felt like a lot. Uh, but now we have just niches upon niches. So, you know, it, it's it's fascinating and I'm really enjoying it, um, you know, talking about things we're looking forward to. I go back to the couch busters and I, every year at the start of the year, I go in my calendar and write down the movies, right? I encourage viewers to, to do that as well. And listeners, I love having something to look forward to, get pumped up about. Um, so, you know, I was looking at my calendar on the break there and coming to America, right? Coming to America is on the list, right? With yeah, Eddie number Murphy, two, number who, two. You know, yes, the Dolomite stuff and the, um, or I'm sorry, what was the um, series or the, uh, the the movie he did? Eddie Murphy's having this resurgence yes. around and, and, and coming to America, right? Who, who, who can't remember that as, as a classic? So, and everything from the usuals, the Jane Bonds and things like that. I'm hoping maybe Charlie Brooker and, and Black Mirror. Uh, make another I always love his stuff death to 2020 was fantastic if you haven't seen it so um, definitely lots to look forward to but Logan I think the biggest game changer this past year I've been doing this thing where I get rid of old technology to buy new technology and so listeners if you have take a look around and say that Wii U what would that be worth on eBay and Logan, I was a retro video game guy and I had Super Nintendo and old Nintendo games and everything from Super Metroid to Zen Intergalactic Ninja on NES. And I let go of those things because I said, what am I saving these for? My son and daughter, meh, they're not going to be into it. And so what I started doing, and Steve Walden turned me on to this, is sell your old tech to get new tech. And our, one of our biggest hits of 2020 in the holiday season and the thing that has been a game changer beyond my dude wiper 1000 bidet, which blast that ass, hashtag, <laughs> has been the Oculus Quest 2. And Facebook released numbers yesterday on how well this thing is selling. I have to tell you, if your viewers and listeners have not taken the VR plunge, Ready Player One is here. Oculus Quest 2 is such a game changer of the simplicity of the technology, the 
execution of the technology is finally there. And this is the VR we've been waiting for, Logan. Have you tried this yet? I'm really glad you asked because just as I, I'm a huge fan of like setting the base, right? You have, you obviously know this VR stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, I have put on a VR goggle set, I want to say mm -hmm. two times, and probably the last time was more than two years ago. Yeah, it's changed, buddy. Tell me, it's time to go why don't back. you tell us about it's it? Why don't you tell people about, go. tell us this, <sighs> what is it that you love most about VR? What do you find yourself watching and doing on it? And how much time do you think is like a session? Is it like a, a movie watch or is it more of like an experience of a game? I cried when I put this thing on and there's an app called uh, First Touch or First Steps and you you now it's so much lighter the quest 2 is all contained you don't need a computer you essentially have these you know Wii joysticks kind of things and it's just such a comfortable headset and the way the audio and everything messes with your brain and your senses it really is the promise of what we've been dreaming about since you know the days of lawnmower man and it the point where i was dancing with a robot and throwing up little rockets and doing a game shooting thing, it really for me is the next evolution of entertainment that has finally arrived there. And I feel like, you know, uh, 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 the, some viewers may remember the leap of seeing a Nintendo to a Super Nintendo 16-bit or Sega Genesis or Sega CD or playing Dragon's Lair and realizing this is a piece of shit, but it looks really pretty. But that was the feeling I got strapping on the Oculus 2 was it was the same feeling of walking in a Toys R Us and seeing Super Mario 64 running in 3D. My God, this is a leap forward. When you strap on the Oculus Quest 2 and play something like Super Hot, and you are sitting there and there is a glass figure with a gun in the room with you. When you play Vader Immortal and Darth Vader is in the room with you, it messes with your senses to a level that's, that's scary and exhilarating and the storytelling and gameplay has me excited for the future um but there is also something inherently hilarious about watching your mother-in-law strap this thing on and watch a jurassic park short film <laughs> and shit her pants and fall over there's just this thing has been such i think i've sold i know jeff keen founder of cool fire picked one up so many friends have picked one up aj meadows facebook's gonna have to really, throw you facebook's gonna have to throw you some money that well listen they don't just send me some free download codes uh because the content keeps coming and i just find that more and more uh, there there's just such cool things so you know killer apps on the system everything from um you know beat saber which is a simplistic rhythm game but yet you're taking lightsabers and and that's kind of the the, the mainstream you know breakout to something like the walking dead sinners and saints which i haven't played much of because it's so intense when you're physically taking an axe from your backpack and driving it into a zombie's head and pulling it back out, and you're oh feeling the vibrations and things. It messes with you to a game like Richie's Plank Experience where you get to strap on some rockets and be a superhero and fly around a city. No. It's like the oh experience God. playing pilot wings times 10. Don't so, tell me. Don't tell are. me that, Jeremy, because now it's like, okay, now I'm going to have to buy this thing. You're you talking, will. You're talking about a guy that's like, dreamed about <laughs> flying his whole life it's right there for you it really is I'm, I'm listening to ready player two on audible right now um wanted a lot more out of the ready player one movie but enjoyed the audiobook uh enough i'm not gonna lie and say i read it 
but 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 that world, it's very much. And you want to talk about cinema experiences? There's an app called Big Screen in there where you can sit inside a virtual movie theater. You and I can throw popcorn at each other, look up, and and you get like you're at Ronnie's Drive-in in this thing. There you know, that makes me think of scene. that makes me think of uh, going to like the IMAX theater, not just the mm -hmm. regular IMAX screen, but like you know what mm -hmm. I'm talking about, the St. Louis Science yeah, Center surround. dome room. Yeah. Like, that's what I yeah. picture. Like, you got this thing on, and it's like you can see the seats. Uh, you know what I saw recently that got me really thinking about this VR thing is it was a commercial for Star Wars. It was the it was yes. them putting it on and then being right there with sabers and blasters, and I was like, okay, that, that, oh, looks, yeah. that looks pretty cool. I'm telling cool. you it's there, and for Star Wars fans, I, I, I think you'll see some killer apps develop this year. You know, if they bring over a Fortnite, they bring over a Minecraft. But I am super, more than anything, I think I'm excited about VR in 2021. Well, that was, I mean, that's great because, I mean, that's like separate from even just a TV show or movie. This is more yeah. of like a content uh, machine. I mean, this yeah, is. Yeah, and I intend to watch, when you watch Netflix inside of Oculus, you are in a cabin with a fire going and it's snowing outside. It's the ideal thing. And then you push to watch and it's suddenly the best screen. So I intend to watch george clooney's midnight sky this weekend Good in luck. vr and have that be my first Good luck. you know yeah i like that hard sci-fi i like that raised by wolves well we'll see I, I liked raised by wolves um i'll say good luck with that clooney film i saw it over christmas i've heard it's really plotting but kind of maybe going into that maybe i'll be okay i don't know that's true expectations mind. are everything in movie experience yeah. i don't mind my terrence malick of sci-fi and just sort of eh, you want to just hang out in this world yeah i'm okay with that ad astra I don't know. I, I like I like that sort of space stuff that pushes the edge. You know, the Prometheus for me is just I love it. It's just like, oh, what is that outer realm? So I hear you. I hear you, and I've heard the same thing that it's a little dry. Hey, so. but here's the anyway. thing. Here's the thing, though. You'll you'll have your own experience, and I know this. Whenever I'm told something about a movie, I usually want to go into it feeling like, oh, I won't feel that way. It's like you're gonna have a, your own expectation now. That brings up a great point. Another tip for listeners is make 2021 the year you stop watching trailers. My movie going experience has improved exponentially mm -hmm. by stop watching the focus grouped to death, perfect version of this movie. They have focus grouped them so much that people say, I don't know what the movie's about. And then they give away all the act structures in the trailer stop it stop it maybe you can watch a teaser or something but you're ruining the movie you're to your point setting expectations that are too high to watch it stop reading reviews and stop watching the trailers before you watch a movie and let me say even if you work a little bit close just just close to the orbit of movies and entertainment it's so hard to get any movie made just appreciate the craft that went into it the above the line town but below the line town, you know that they call them, right the, the craftspeople the the artists the set designers and things it's so hard to get anything made having lived with voltron and never you got the live action movie in years that you you do appreciate that anything ever gets made and the good stuff well that's all the more reason so i find as i get older i'm a lot less harder on movies the Wonder Woman 84. I well, and here here's here's <laughs> something that I'm gonna say because you and I are really on the exact same page, especially for someone like me that this podcast is all about talking about movies and TV, right? Right. What I what I did not want this to be, and it never will be, is a place to just be shitting on things. 
This no, is a this no, is a place to can't. respect the work. And what oh. I learned what I learned early on, I think probably what set me on a lot of this path was for me. I started watch. I got uh, top five t- favorite TV shows for me is uh, Smallville, the story of a young Superman, went uh, for ten seasons. At that time, I was so excited about new shows and movies, the new show coming out that I really loved. I was a big Superman guy. I was reading the spoilers. I was trying to find the 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 blogs about what was happening. I wanted to see every trailer. Well, it was like I don't know, halfway through the season when I realized. I don't want to do that anymore. And I'm like you. I want to see the yeah. first trailer for something. No. I don't want to see number two, three, or four. I don't. Yeah, maybe a teaser. Bring it back, y'all, for when, uh, in my generation, you walked into a movie theater and saw the Ghostbusters 2 poster, and you blew your mind. That was it. What happened to the world of being surprised by a trailer? And just so, so I would encourage everybody to rewind it a little bit and also realize like the experience we're talking about, like Tenet, should you see it? Yes, you should see it because you should make up your own mind and don't take our word for it. And yes, there's a lot of stuff to watch, but it, you know, e- even the even the stuff that 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 is quote unquote, oh, got bad buzz, don't let that, you know, watch Wonder Woman 84 because yep. I think it helps you have a better language and understanding of when stuff is constructed in a really well way. You appreciate it more. My wife and I have battles about that because she says I will ruin movies for her, but I just kind of keep it real afterwards but if something's good i'm gonna praise the shit out of it yeah I mean, no. things like Co- natalie portman and annihilation which i think is an underrated movie from what two years ago now i mean there's yep. just so much stuff out there where you're like yep that's amazing um so anyway you want to tour the basement you know it's i think it's a great time to do that i think we've talked to, you <laughs> know not what so smooth transition oh you know what screw the truth uh the smooth transition this has been uh one of my most fun episodes i tell you right now we have nerd- oh. we've you know why because we've nerded out over so many things and that's oh, I'll, always I'll, my I'll, goal I'll go, I'll go all around with you man i'll go the distance why don't, all right let's let's do it let's table. get a video tour hey. of jeremy's basement all right that's right this is the geek cred tour when you come to my basement this is what you get so keep in okay, mind yep. keep in mind you have youtube viewers but you also have podcast mm-hmm. listeners so give them the lowdown i will i'll do the whole thing so right now we're at the edge of the steps looking at the ready player one poster which is a great memory came out on my birthday in whatever year that came out got to go with my buddy Rizzuto, all kinds of stuff it's a little dark but you can't see the ninja gaiden mad max ninja gaiden sorry uh-huh. um posters up there i think there's a contra nope the contra posters over here Clash of the Titans poster, Ray Harryhausen. This is the, if you ask me my favorite movie as a kid, we'd wait for the HBO reruns to come on, stop animation, fantastic, Harry Hamlin, unbelievable, still scares the crap out of me, the Medusa scene, I'm sure I'm not alone. Pacific Rim I have over here just because it was the closest thing to a Voltron movie that we may have never got. It's not perfect, but it has a giant robot with a sword. Miami Connection is one of the best worst movies out there. Great memories of seeing this at Fantastic Fest in Austin. I'm actually on the DVD, Blu-ray or whatever, in the crowd. You won't miss me. I'm a giant, big Yeti man. Great poster. Love everything the Alamo Drafthouse doing. Then we got these things called DVDs. This is like <laughs> Netflix, but in the real world. So you got classics in here like Crawl. And I'm having a real good time with my son at 12 years old, being able to start showing him some of these things and, and, and some of the classics over here. Bloom Camp, love that. Tarantino, got all the Lord of the Rings, of course. Things like Aeon Flux, we love it. Everything from Creep Show to the G.I. Joe animated movie to Fight Club to Gremlins, we've got it covered. Red Dawn, one of the original movies that scared the shit out of me as a kid. My brother convinced me the Russians were coming. So definitely want to pay homage to uh, 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 John 
Milius and all those folks, Metropolis, a film festival hideout, and then Saving Private Ryan is a great memory of seeing it in 1998 at the band's Chinese theater, opening night, getting back in line and seeing it again. Amelie, one of the best, if you want to call them foreign films ever made. Edge of Tomorrow, a sleeper, I feel like. Mm. Not, not enough people give a lot of credit to. Recently showed it my son. He loved it. Um, and then we got the bar where we've been drinking. And this is the horror show room, but I've been transferring <laughs> all my old. This is, yeah, this is where things get weird. Oh, shit. In the basket. Yeah, I've got some OG. Is that a conversion station? Setup. Like you're converting uh, yeah. old stuff to digital? Yeah. yeah, I'm taking all my old VHS things. See, this is all the college stuff. It's being transferred. Hey, slowly all right, but listen, I'm going to tell you this. I have not brought this up on any of my episodes <laughs> yet. I've never, t my, this is something I've never told my listeners. I'm holding this VHS right now. And I yes. was I was on Nick at night in 2004. Get out of town. Let's transfer that. All right, I'm gonna Bring get it. it over. To, I'm gonna get it to you. All right. Bring it over. Okay, I will. We've got Laserdisc, the true sign of a nerd. If you've got some Laserdisc here, we're looking at Mad Max listeners. Sorry. We just uh, watched all four Mad Max. Fantastic. You've got a good woman there. That is definitely a keeper. But yeah, I love like when DVD first came out. People were like, "Oh, Laserdisc still looks better." They were lying. It's bullshit. Uh, Laserdisc <laughs> looks like a nice three-quarter tape with some dropouts in it. So, um, But I love putting in a Laserdisc. And there's just certain movies that I'm like, eh, that's a Laserdisc movie. Here's, here. I don't need the, you know, a lot of the, uh, the high fidelity. We've got everything from Goonies to Double Dragon, uh, NES covers to Bionic Commando, uh, District 9. Again, Neil Bloomkamp, one of my favorites. My daughter's YouTube studio here. Whoa. Uh, we've got uh, a... Um, Print from a Masters of the Universe Skeletor and a Land Shark. Who doesn't want to drive the Land Shark to work? An ET Mondo print that I paid probably too much for, um, <laughs> but not realizing it. You've got an Akira poster. Uh, there are lights falling. Sorry. You're fine. Akira poster. Another one. I'm finally showing my my son. And over here is a Voltron signed by some of the original voice cast when we launched the game um, at a THQ party. So you've got everyone from uh, B.J. Ward who voiced Alora. Neil Ross. These are the voices of your childhood. Michael Bell, who did G.I. Joe's Duke and everything. So um, that was a really special night wow. for sure. And then uh, Iron Giant, probably one of the greatest animated films ever made. Uh, Brad Bird. And then, uh, yeah, shout out to Iron Giant. Zelda things. And then, um, yeah, some of the shorts, some of the old filmmaking things. Recent acquisition is um, WWE Wines, Ultimate Warrior Wine. I think that's such a fascinating uh, license industry, the um, uh, uh, wines, wines that rock. Hey, Actually, hey, uh, uh, R.I.P. Warrior Animal, right? Wasn't that the? Uh... Uh, yeah, well, you're thinking that was Road Warriors. I'm gonna give oh, you my the bad. Doomsday device for that. Oops. He actually did tag team with Sting. Thank you. Blade Runners, but yeah, Animal <laughs> was his own thing. The Legion of Doom, Road Warriors. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, that's all my college films from back in the day. And uh, this is all the eBay stuff, stuff I'm slowly getting through. Entertainment Weekly, this was our internet back in the day you would get an entertainment weekly logan and this is this is how you kept track of all your geek stuff and then geeks will certainly know premier magazine r.i.p this is you know sinscape things like that that's how you would keep track of everything that was going on you'd go get a magazine so i have all my old school electronic gaming monthlies i can't tell you how excited i'd be back in the day i still look through these and just can remember how i felt you know looking oh my gosh what game street fighter 2 or something coming out so i don't even know if i'm going to sell some of those but um yeah man it's we're having a blast in the basement and i can't wait to to get you in it
Dude, I I'm, I was getting ready to say my first thought is I cannot wait to come <laughs> hang out with you in this basement. Um, Jeremy, Jesus Christ, I'm going to say thank you so much for being here. You have given our listeners and our fans today one of our both most nerd nostalgic episodes yet, without we a go doubt. Go deep, baby. Balls deep on the nerd stuff. Well, right, you, you know what that means? Usually that means you and I have barely scratched the surface on even a we number have. of things. So that means we're going to have to have you back if you are so Let's willing. If the listeners want it. Leave a comment below. We'll come back. You want to go a little deeper on Voltron? We can. Secrets revealed or whatever you want to talk about. Well, uh, before we wrap up this, I do want to give a, a quick update on our end, just making sure everybody knows. Jeremy, I was telling you, we have a brand new schedule coming out here. It's actually already out, not coming out, in 2021, where we're doing something new every day. So we're doing live shows on Instagram, live shows on Twitch. We'll be on Facebook, YouTube. We do new podcast episodes all the time, videos on Fridays. All to say, I hope that we can get you back on either any of this or all of this. Uh, I got to have you back on mostly superheroes if you're, you know, if it sounds like a fun time to you. Hey, man, it always does, dude. As long as we can do shots, we are gonna. That's a tradition now. I think for you and me, (laughs) (laughs) we'll take it on the road at some point too. So, well, before we wrap up, why don't you tell this? uh, What? uh, Where can people find you online? Where do you want people to find you in general? Uh, Where I don't want you to find me online. No, Uh, (laughs) you know, I don't do too much Twitter. Honestly, I probably do LinkedIn, uh, probably the most. Uh, So, if you want to connect, connect on LinkedIn, and uh, yeah, I post a, a lot of stuff that I'm up to on there. Well, Jeremy, don't I go. I know that's not cool. <laughs> no, no, that's great. That's perfect. Guys, go find Jeremy. Definitely look up Cool Fire Studios, uh, putting out all sorts of great content. They've been uh, a part of some of the stuff you've even seen on this show, BCTV. We had Ed Herman on. Um, Jeremy, thanks again for being just a, a great friend, a, a fellow nerd, and uh, helping us uh, grow in the right direction. I'll tell you right now, you've uh, uh, helped us out a lot, and we appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I'm just uh, standing on the shoulders of uh, other geeks. An old school geek. So uh, I think you got one more shot in you, Logan, to be honest. One more to end it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. To the viewers, to the listeners. My, my fiance is going to be pissed when I go upstairs. She's going to be like, what oh, happened? Oh, you're going to be nice and toasty. So you don't worry about that. Just brush your teeth or something. You know, you don't want to have whiskey breath. All right, listeners, if you're listening and you have alcohol nearby, go ahead and pour yourself a shot. <laughs> Here you go, listeners. Smash that subscribe button. Logan puts his heart and soul into the show. Give him a follow right now. Subscribe and cheers. Cheers to you, Jeremy. One, two, three. Knock it back. New year, new worlds, buddy. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate this. Jeremy, thanks for being on. Can't wait to have you on again. Be sure to check out Jeremy online. Yeah, until next time, check us out at MostlySuperheroes.com. This has been another episode of Logan's Heroes. We'll see you next time. Let's go Voltron Force. hope you enjoyed that chat with jeremy i know i did gosh he is a ball of energy we will be for sure having him back on the show to talk about superhero stuff more filmmaking he alluded to his fan of wrestling so wrestling fans we'll we'll get him back on the show in the meantime go check out everything we have going on at MostlySuperheroes.com. we got the podcast we got the live shows during the week we got youtube content we're on twitch all of it Something new every day in 2021. We hope you're enjoying the program. And if you're wondering when things are happening, there is a weekly schedule, and it's on our homepage at our website, mostlysuperheroes.com. We appreciate you fans who've been listening and writing into the show. Join the team at the Mostly Superhero Squad 
on Facebook. We have an exclusive Facebook group. We're going to start putting episodes in there early for you guys. Just in there. It doesn't cost you a thing. Just got to be in the group. And we do have the squad page on our website. Right now, the password is Thanos with a capital T. Right now, the exclusive exclusive piece of content waiting on you is our live show from Twitch is the video version on there. So go use the password Thanos at MostlySuperHeroes.com forward slash squad and come join the fun. It's Thursday. Get ready for WandaVision tomorrow. We'll be watching it. We're excited. The MCU is back. Have a great night, and we'll see you next time on Mostly Superheroes.